All right, we're back. Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels, thank you for joining me on this sports podcast. It's a special episode because it's the return of the panda rocking the temple sweatshirt. He's been up since dawn, pre-dawn, prepping for this episode. Ian Dunn in the building. Ian, thanks for joining the show. Money, you had me back, dude. I didn't think I'd make it. Yeah, I was debating it. <laughs> there was uh, some questionable predictions last time, but we're here now. Um, I'm lot, back, baby. Weird that, you know, we're, we're into February. It's a leap here. We're all excited about, you know, having a February 29th this year. Extra day. Weird that, you know, this time of year, it's usually a slow time in the world of sports. I feel like there's a lot going on, you know, as recently as this morning. But we've had some fights, some tennis news and storylines and, you know. All over the place. Yeah, this is, uh, like you said, usually the dull part of the year where you've got, you know, spring training baseball is the only thing you can really look forward to. Maybe some late season basketball. No football until the combine. But, man, it's been... It's been active. Well, everybody hates the Astros, so that's why, Mitch. That, so that's news. So we got that going. Wait, Every, did something happen? Yeah, I think so. Something along the lines. <laughs> oh, of okay. We're gonna. I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could refresh your memory here in a second. Uh, there's that. There's also the NBA or the uh, NFL. Excuse me. A lot going on in the off season. Like this feels like it's a weird one about to happen. Yeah. Especially at the QB position. Uh, so there's that as well. And, uh, yeah, in tennis, we had the breaking news of Sharapova retiring today. I do want to start, though, with, uh, would I say, maybe your second or third favorite sport? I know you're a big boxing guy. Yeah, I'm a bigger boxing fan than I think a lot of people realize, just because not a lot of people like talking boxing. Um, but I love it, man. It's, it is probably... I'm just a huge sports nerd, so yeah. I love all of them. Boxing's definitely top five for me. What's crazy about boxing is that even with less people talking about it, maybe less younger people, you know, watching it, so to speak, there's something about a fight night. You know, there's something oh, about yeah. being out. And, and I would say this, maybe it's a hot take, maybe not. Being out with people at a bar like I was this Saturday, yeah. best sport to be out and about. There's a buzz when it's a, when it's a big fight and you got people ready to watch it, even bigger than an NBA Finals game or even sort of a yeah. Super Bowl. you got that buzz in the atmosphere where we're all just ready to go and everyone's antsy from the beginning because it could end in you know one second. Well, that's the beauty of boxing. You really don't know what's going to happen until you're in it. And I mean the same thing with MMA, but for me, boxing is so much more technical and there's so much more skill behind it. And like you said, man, going out to a bar and watching it. You know, one thing I've noticed is a lot of bars don't show fights, especially like fights that are free on ESPN. I've been to bars where they're like, oh, yeah, management doesn't want us to show boxing. It's like, are you trying to get patrons right. in here? Like, Right. And, and uh, It's free. You're not even paying for it. I do think certain fights, and, and I was surprised and pleasantly surprised by the number of bars that had the Fury uh, Wilder fight. I don't want to get into the whole MMA uh, boxing debate right now. That's I like, a whole, I yeah, like Pandora's both. Box. I don't want to offend others. I grew up a boxing fan. That's more of my sport. I will acknowledge that the growth of MMA and, and the huge, amount yeah. of fighters and, and the amount of good fights that they've had, boxing lacked for a while. They've gotten better in the last three years. I think we can both agree there's been much better fights. The ESPN availability, zone getting into it. I know HBO has a uh, special place in both of our hearts. They're out of the yeah. fight business. but huge. But Wilder Fury, man, um, full disclosure, I got this one right. Thought Fury was going to win. Thought Fury won the first fight in a close decision that ended up a draw. Did not see this coming. No, if you no. would have expected, if you would have told me stoppage Fury in a dominant fashion where he won every single round, I wouldn't have seen that coming. But no way. To his credit, man, he did everything he said he was going to do. He, 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 I think it was Mark Kriegel said on ESPN after I interviewed him three weeks ago, and this is exactly what he told me he would do. And he went out and did it, like you said. I mean, that was impressive from basically the end of the first round it was just a pummeling 
he was the better boxer, and I think we kind of knew that going in, that he was better. Uh, to hear him say that he figured figure that out and figured out what the game plan was at the end of the first fight. Yeah. And the strategy of this guy Wilder, who we'll, we'll get into here uh, shortly, but he isn't the most technically sound. He has yeah. one of the hardest right hands in the history of boxing. Fury just said, I'm cutting him off. I'm attacking him. I'm bullying the bully, as they say. And I'm just going to make sure that, you know, I'm leaning on him. I'm not going to give him the time to get off those shots, and I'm going to tire him out, and that's exactly what happened. Anytime you get knocked down, that changes the complexity of the fight. But even Especially bo- if you're a big puncher like oh, that, too. Yeah. Even before that knockdown, uh, you know, second round as it started going and before the second knockdown of that body shot, Fury just wasn't letting up. He got himself in a great shape. He changed gyms. I remember they pointed that out, the old uh, – Manuel Sanders gym that he, uh, Manuel Stewart gym excuse me that he went to so he changed up he made some tough decisions he got himself self in shape we were questioning how how big he was if that was a thing and I mean this is the best Fury's ever looked absolutely and I think you mentioned something about Wilder he he's still relatively young as a boxer he doesn't have the amateur pedigree that a lot of these boxers do so he started boxing when he was twenty whereas Fury's been boxing since he was like fourteen. You know, he's had so many amateur fights. So when somebody comes in and punches you in the mouth and you don't know what to do, you don't have that base to fall back on. And Wilder doesn't have that base. No, and doesn't. Fury knows how to box. I've never he's seen elusive, a big man. man move like that. He's elusive. Impressive, man. And It's, it's insane. I, I thought only in boxing can you have a guy get out and get destroyed, make four straight excuses, and then say, I'm not trying to make excuses. I mean, yeah, it turns blaming out, the suit is oh, ridiculous. 45-pound suit, Can I just dude. say one thing? No one forced him to do that. He, he might have been pressured into it. No one's forcing him. No one, if he doesn't no, want to do yeah. it, he's not doing it. Well, and, Fury showing up on the throne is like, come on, dude. He I didn't think, even take one step outside I love the... That, oh, I love that side of it where Fury's smart enough to not have but to But that's work. what boxing has needed for so long. And like you said, a lot of guys have been ducking people left and right for the last 10, 15 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And that's why UFC has grown... Because they're making the big fights. Right. These guys want to fight each other. Whereas in boxing, you've got so many divisions and so many belts that it's hard and so much money involved and so many different promoters. And organizations. Organizations. Like, yeah. And I mean, Heyman doesn't like talking to, to Bob Arum and all this stuff. And it's like, it, it seems like if boxing had an overall commissioner, like a Dana White type, that's like, hey, we want to make the best fight for you guys. Then you wouldn't have Pacquiao Mayweather 10 years after it was supposed mm-hmm. to happen. You know, you'd have Joshua or Wilder fighting Fury in the next fight. You know, you'd have yeah. these huge fights. I do want to say, though, that I think that sometimes UFC can be too overboard with that, where they're just like, the commissioner saying, you're fighting this right now. There is something to maybe a middle ground of you wait a little bit, you yeah. want the fighter to get the experience and not for be sure, just thrown sure. to the yeah, wolves. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's like the one thing with Mayweather is that his career was great, all-time great, top 10 probably ever, but there's still that... He ducked some people in their prime, waited people out. I mean, know. his biggest fight late in his career was a 21-year-old Canelo. Oh, and Canelo was never going to beat him at 21. No. He got Mosley late. It wasn't just Pacquiao. The thing about Wilder, and I don't want to pile on too much, but you know, all the knockout power, a lot of people within boxing, a lot of really respected voices, Teddy Atlas, former heavyweights themselves, have said he doesn't really know how to box. And you look at the resume. You mentioned Fury's amateur background. Wilder's fought three top 10 fighters his whole career yeah. twice fury uh it was uh, ortiz and i'm, I'm blanking on the, the the one dude's name and he hasn't knocked them all out they're the fights that have been the hardest so i just don't think the background's been there even even a guy like joshua who has less fights 
was thrown to the wolves. Both these guys fought Klitschko. I know he was a little older, but yeah. they've had tough fights. Um, I don't know that, you know, he's going to do the automatic rematch. I don't see it. I mean, it probably can't go any worse, but for Wilder to win, he pretty much has to knock any of these elite elite guys out. And I just don't know if the top guys, now that you have them on film, now that they have a game plan, are going to let that happen. Well, look, the first fight, Fury took Wilder's two best punches, a straight right and a left hook, went down to the canvas, and pop right back that's up like the Undertaker. That's why they're different, Like, there's no training you could no, do. No, you like, can't, that's man. A that knocks out any other person, maybe even Joshua. So, I mean, there's going to be specific guys like that that come in and just are otherworldly. You know, the Federers, mm-hmm. like those guys... They just have something in them. The Djokovic, the Nadal, yeah. you know, to, to put a tennis term on right. it. Of course. The first fight, I mean, Wilder won like four of the eight rounds. He had two 10-8 rounds. It was still a draw. So I think for, Fury definitely won that first fight. Yeah. I think it the wasn't majority, robbery, but it was, you know. For sure. I mean, if Wilder had won that fight, it would have been, you know, high. It's crazy to think two 10-8 rounds and it was a draw and probably should have been gone the other way. Right. I mean, the fact that Fury got up is what is the craziest part of that. He took the left hook, went down. And like the Undertaker, just you hear the music in the and background. won the rest of the round. Oh, you, oh just, yeah. Oh, came what, back. Watch that twelfth round again. And, and I think that's when it clicked on him. Like, oh dang, I can I can fight this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, if I come to him and I attack him, he doesn't have a defense to fall back on. He's just used to going in there and knocking out Brazil in in eight seconds. You know, because those are the guys he's used to fighting. Yeah, crazy to think. I mean, if they do this automatic rematch in in July or so. Fury handles business. Then maybe we look forward to a unification of all the belts with Joshua. It's, it's a tough one because Joshua has his mandatory challengers. Fury would probably have to get one fight in addition to the Wilder one. So maybe end of 2021. Joshua is going to duck. I'm telling you, he he's, he's not going to fight. He could have fought Fury in Wilder spot Mm -hmm. and refused. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, got his belts taken away. We were about to have a unification fight there. Hmm. And, and I've raised this issue That's on a good Twitter fight, a few though. times. That's a good fight. Like, I, I honestly think I'd favor Fury, but more so than... I mean, the, Joshua's an elite-level boxer, too. Like, that's Oh, a he's a champion, fight. for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I think that Joshua has a history of <laughs> ducking big fights. Like, in my mind... I mean, sure, he fought Klitschko, but he didn't have a belt at the time. He wasn't the champion. Since he's become champion, yeah. who's he fought? That's mm, a good point. You know, so I think you're going to have to wait 16 months until you see a Joshua Fury... <sighs> But again, what if Wilder wins? Then does Fury get the fourth rematch? Yeah, like they have to do one more bowl. Are they just going to fight 10 forever. straight times and Joshua's just going to keep holding WBO belts? Well, Joshua Joshua Fury, hands down the biggest British fight of all time. Has to be at Wembley, oh. right? You got to do it there. Oh, they might build a new stadium. They might build a 300,000-seat stadium for that. And people it'd still sell out. That'd be that's I mean, that's maybe the biggest heavyweight fight ever if those two go at it. I think it might be. I mean, it could be Foreman, Foreman Ali. Rumble yeah, I'm not going to put it I don't know, that. man. Th- those Even are two... Tyson Lewis. I think we do Lennox was. You, by the uh, yeah. way, you saw those guys walk into the ring beforehand. How big is Lennox Lewis? <sighs> big man. Big, big man. Uh, but a good place for boxing to be in with the fight. Oh, it's great. I mean, all the divisions are, have been amazing. What are you uh, looking forward to coming up? Any fighters you want to see? I, I mean, obviously, Loma is like. Yeah, Lomachenko. For, I love Ryan Garcia. The guy's got. I think 19 knockouts yeah. in 22 fights, most of them not going past one round. And, I mean, he hasn't really fought a lot of dudes, but he's the truth, man. His, he's got quick power. Mm-hmm. He's he's fun to watch. And I think he's on DAZN, so he's going to mm-hmm. get fights that people are going to watch. I want to see Bud Crawford as well. Bud Always Crawford. Him, apparently, but. Bud Crawford has been going out with the idea he wants to fight Conor McGregor in a MMA fight first and then a boxing fight. 
which will never happen. Never. But why even think about that? I mean, if you're Bud Crawford, you're just trying to unify, man. You get all the belts. You can fight Pacquiao still out there. You can oh, fight him. Pacquiao, retire, dude. Retire. It, it's like what retire. we were talking about. Well, now she's actually going to get retired to put another tennis reference on there. But Venus Williams, who was sticking around so long, someone's got to retire. Pack. He keeps winning. Thurman, like yeah. this is supposed to be your era. And you, I mean, well, I had a great. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I have a great theory about Venus. Just for a second, that she would pick today to retire because we know the Serena Sharapova rivalry and how they like to upsell each other. Yeah. If Venus retires today, just to take all the focus off Maria, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, it would. It be would. Icy. Money Mitch effect with Ian Dunn here. Well, we could segue into that right now. Yeah. The tennis stuff. Uh, I haven't heard the Williams sisters' statement on Sharapova yet. No, I think they're uh, they're probably holding it. You know, not a lot to say there. It's a tough one though because look, anytime someone retires that has what's for for lack of a better word baggage, it's a tough day to like. Do we go full honor? Do we? You know, I think you got to in this situation tell the full story. It's safe to say that she's one of the best champions of her era for sure consistency of not just winning five major titles but making all those year-end finals being in the top 10 and being for lack of a better term mentally tougher than a lot of the players in her era it's foolish to compare her to the serena williams and, no, and different, yeah two different machines but she's had a heck of a career except for the fact that this cloud that is going to be in some ways justifiably hanging over her is the drug suspension well, you know, I've been looking on Twitter today, and it's been, you know, probably eight, nine hours since th- since it mm-hmm. came out. And it's honestly 50-50 with 50% praising her and the other 50% calling her, you know, Chirpova or Sheridopa. You know, so it's it's a lot of people that are only focusing on, you know, the small aspect. And I think we should r- remind everybody that for the 10-plus years she was doing Meldonium, right. it wasn't illegal on the tour. Right. You know, it's the same sort of thing with baseball where the steroid guys right, were doing just, it, but it wasn't against the rules. That up. And it's, and once when it be, when it became illegal in the sport, she was just, you know, sort of male practice with it and didn't notice to stop using it. There was um some fishiness in terms of But she had a doctor's of, yeah. note for ten years right. and it was legal on right. the WTA to do it. So there I was, mean there was some fishiness in terms of how she handled the suspension in terms of you know, her her I want to say excuse for explanation, the report that came out that basically said it was close to the vest. A lot of people didn't know that she was taking it. And without getting into the cycles of it, what it's supposed to be used for, the drug itself, how often she was using it, and and the fact that she is putting it all on the table, a Russian athlete, and the Russian athletes have had issues with this, specifically with meldonium. So like steroids in baseball, there's never going to be a perfect answer for this. We're never going to know exactly what she did, if she used it to take an advantage, if it was. And if she thought she was going to keep cheating the system. Exactly. But I think you have to separate those two things because, like you said, she is a champion. And mm-hmm. she, she beat a lot of players because yeah. she was mentally still in the match. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know. An all-surface player, too. All sur- I mean, she's got the career slam. So I think, you know, at least for me, and obviously not a lot of people think like I do, but you can still celebrate the player mm-hmm. while talking about these things and, you right. know, maybe not condoning those things. It's the same thing with the whole Kobe scenario. Like yeah. mm-hmm. that you can, for me, at least I can separate both of those things. Mm-hmm. I can respect the player and maybe not respect the things that right. these people did. Except for the grinding. Can't re- oh God. <laughs> That's the one thing where I'm like, no, I, as oh, far as yeah. the player goes um, and maybe being a pioneer in that regard isn't a great thing, but no, I mean, she had a career that is envious to a lot of players. Well, she she like made a lot of players come up. All these young players grew up watching Sharapova mm-hmm. win, and they thought, oh, I, I could do that. 
you know, she could do that. I could do that. I'd also say indirectly helped make Serena the better player because she was so motivated to beat her. Well, like, after right? after 4 didn't lose to her again. So, I mean, I think she's done a lot more for the game than against the game. And it was only a matter of time. She hadn't won in a long time. Her body was failing. Her 32 isn't that old. But when you think of the fact that she won her first major coming up on 16 years ago. Oh, yeah. It's been a long, long career. And it's not like a young 32 at all. And people were comparing this to, like, Bjorn Borg. Like, no, Borg retired at 25. Like, Sharapova's older and has a lot more miles on her. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the financials are pretty good, so. Oh, come (laughs) on. I mean, she's got a multi-million dollar business with Sugarpova. She's going to be fine. And like she said, she's going on to to climb a different mountain, is Mm -hmm. what she said. She'll be absolutely fine. For sure. Um, but, yeah, another champion gone and another pioneer in the sport. We're in the next five, six That's years. That's scary about this whole thing. That, yeah. the, the scary thing is it's like anytime anybody retires, it's like we were talking last week about the Federer injury. Um, you know, got to. Fed, uh, Joker, Nadal, Serena, Venus. Yeah. This Kleisters is, came back, though, so. I say, hey, hey, I'm not going to say that her retire, her comeback is going to be in vain because the mental side of it and being a champion and being, she almost beat Muguruza. Hey, mental toughness and ability to come to net and show some variety. Who knew? <laughs> and not fall apart when up a set and a break, you know, like I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, but it is an interesting time in the tennis world. I like the fact that Djokovic has decided he's going to win Dubai this year. He's <laughs> just like, ah, oh, you know what? I might as well go. I don't hate it. I what like I was trying to think who can beat him and and Sitsipas? Could. As but he's in played like a lot 20% of twenty percent chance. And well, here's what we know. The way he's been playing, if his level stays high, Djokovic is gonna be hosting. Oh, I, that I mean Djokovic the first two two days of this tournament destroyed people maybe but he, he also play left-handed the first couple of games <laughs> first couple of rounds well i mean the two guys he beat are you know traditional journeymen mm-hmm. and he came into the cole schreiber match today reminding himself that cole schreiber beat him at indian wells last year in yeah. straight sets and he talked about it after the match he was like look i knew th- i know this guy's dangerous i've seen him enough times mm-hmm. and by the way poor philip cole schreiber he's always getting these top dudes i mean he's he's the greatest like number 33 player in the world, yeah. in the history of the sport. Just he's always just seat. about, like, he's he's seated 32, or he's, like, the last guy not seated, and he'll beat all these young guys and all the players he's supposed to beat. But he'll, you know, he, he's not going to beat the Feds and the Dolls and Jokers all the time. No, no. Um, but he's fun to watch. I mean, he, Djokovic knows these guys. The backhand's yeah, nice. Joker knows these guys are dangerous, so it seems like now more than ever he's focused. You know, Jaziri's never going to beat him. No. Jaziri is not the guy. No. Cole Schreiber's got the weapons, and I mean, it's only going to get tougher for Djokovic moving forward, but the only guy I could see beating him if he plays the way he's playing is is Sitsipas. And again, Sitsipas has been playing a ton of tennis. He won Mar- uh, Marseille last week. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's a lot of... Tr- you, you went on a Sunday, you traveled, you know, however many miles from France all the way to Dubai. That's that's not easy. And then you play one day later. So, we'll see. I like this week, though, because you got two 500s. You got Acapulco in Dubai on yeah. the men's side. Uh, and well, Acapulco. don't forget the, the dirt 250s. Yeah, do we want to <laughs> dive into Kyrgios? Uh, on court, off court, what do we want to start with first? Uh, on court, on okay, court. Okay, on court. So wrist injury seems to be a thing. Uh, was the first that to Umber, who I, I'm a fan of, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. I thought good. he could have won that match last night if they played it out. Well, he almost won the next-gen finals last year. 
Umber's good, man. He's a he's a lefty. He can get to the net. The forehand's he's not quick. It's compact and you know. It's like a windshield wiper. It's like yeah, just super good. quick. He's super skinny though. The guy is like. Well, I love his coach. coach. I'm not sure of his coach's name, but his coach is fantastic. And we saw in the next gen finals last year, uh, they they added a little, you know, wrinkle yeah, into the, the system to get the headset and, yeah. in between changeovers. And you could see the way the, the coach thinks, and the coach is trying to instill in him, hey. You got to think this way. You got to fight for every point. You're doing this, and we want you to do that. And he's like, "Absolutely, you're right. Yes, yes." Mm. So he's he's a guy that's going to maximize his potential. I think he's not going to go out there and if he wins a big title or a big match, going to oh. forget how to play. He's already given tough players a match. Last year, he beat Felix at, at Wimbledon too. So even yeah. his peers of in his era got to take notice. He's just of him. you know a funky lefty like that. He's not going to overpower you in any way. But he can hit all the shots if and he can get to net. I was gonna say if it was the women's game, I'd be like, put him in the mix for a potential slam winner. Like just <laughs> yeah, throw him in there. He could. Um, but the Kyrgios loses that match, uh, decides to, you know, get upset with the fans a little bit. I saw the press conference and I get the frustration uh, on both sides. For sure. Fans wanted a match. Like that, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. it, the ticket side of it is like a lot of those people pay and they it. see this tournament every year and they want to see Curios play. I, but I think a lot of those people don't realize the pain and struggle these guys go through year yeah. in and year out. And Schedule's all the travel, brutal. man, it's tough. It's so hard. Well, look at how many players have won or done well at tournaments and had pull out right away or yeah. just have a terrible showing in the next one because it's it, it's, it's not like this came out of nowhere for Curios too. Yeah. I mean, after the Australian Open, he's dealt with shoulder and wrist issues. You know, he pulled out of Del Rey with the wrist. Yeah, so it's not like. He's just making stuff up so that he doesn't have to play. Well, he's out of that seated range now, too, with losing all these well, points. Losing the Acapulco points is going to be tough for him moving forward. And, again, I think he's just got to get healthy because we know he can beat anybody on any given day if he cares. Right. You know, fell, so Fell behind now, I think, Casper Root in the rankings. Yeah, so that's <laughs> but I'm, I'm the biggest Curios fan there is out there. I love watching the guy play, and I love his attitude, and I love him going crazy on court because you don't see that. I, but as yeah. a Curios fan... He makes it really hard to root for him sometimes. I love him being out there. I won't say I'm his biggest fan. It's great when he's out there. And I will, we've been over this, I'll put up with everything that he does. I like it. Like, it's energetic. It's entertaining, except for the tanking. Like, that's yeah, it. The when tank, the effort agree, goes, yeah. then that's not defensible. I, I love the outbursts, getting into it, whatever. That's fine. Throwing chairs onto the court. I'm into it, dude. You need that stuff. But not when he just, when he feels slighted, rightly or wrongly, I'm not going to play anymore. That's unacceptable. For sure. I agree. Um, play but, out the match, see what happens. But what are the chances he plays in the in the French, like 20%, <laughs> given his thoughts on clay court tennis? Because that's the off-court stuff. He yeah. has been railing against clay court tennis for a while. And the points that he made about on Twitter, his exchange, if you're not following, about how he thinks it's ridiculous, there's a 500-level clay court match in February, are, are valid in some regards, yeah. except for the fact that this guy's clearly biased against clay court tennis. But what's his, what's his real issue, though? Like, he's mad there's a clay, a, a clay 250 even. You know, see, in that, Santiago. That, I, see, I understand that more. I, I, I would I would be on somewhat on Kyrgios' side for the ranking points to be five hundred level points for players to gain gain significant ranking points. Uh this time of year when it's not exactly clay court season yet. The having two fifty tournaments I think is fine because you want to have a tour that gives the ability for lower level players to make yeah. a living and make money. And not just have to rely on going to challengers and exactly. and stuff like and that. And a rising tide That's where I don't understand boats. where, where yeah. his issue is. Like these guys are just trying to make money and, and exactly. get rankings up. So why not let those people I mean yeah. that's that's 
26, 27 now, less people you have to beat. A 500, though, is different because that could really, like, you could pass players that are, For you sure. Know, that, that's where I'm understanding of that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a rising tide lifts all boats. It's going to be good if everybody makes more money and there's more events. You see it in golf a lot, too, where there's lower-level tournaments. Yep. And you want the tour to have legs. I mean, not everybody is as flashy and, and is as box office as him to where he can Well, can plus there money. aren't that many South American tournaments. Mm -hmm. So any chance tennis can get to go to a place where it's not normally yeah. there well, i mean what's wrong with that for sure let them play for sure well you the dirt ballers need a place to play you can always catch more tennis on the tennis channel live podcast and we're going to be opening up that this week just a, a little shameless plug there <laughs> check it out uh ian donna here on the money mitch effect though let's uh, let's switch to baseball because I know you're and you're pretty excited. You got your brave stuff rocking out. I have completely gotten over the ten run inning last year. No, I haven't. I'm no, still upset you haven't. You're it. still upset, <laughs> and you're still uh, you're still upset with some of the free agent moves in the offseason, uh, including one of the guys that you added, Ozuna. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I said at the beginning of free agency, the one guy I don't want is Marcelo Ozuna. And what do the Braves do? Mm -hmm. They did not sign Josh Donaldson, which no. hey could be could be a smart move. You never know if he gets hurt. But man, Ozuna is just not the guy. And they've come out and said like, well, he could he could be a real asset in this. You know, he can he can give the same production that Josh Donaldson did. N no, he can't. Okay, he's not that guy. And I hope he proves me wrong. But have you seen this guy play the outfield? Ooh, it's the an Braves adventure. have so many young arms. You need as much defensive help yeah. as you can get. And of course, you've got Inciarte in center. And if he's out, you've got Acuna who can cover more ground in center. I don't know, man. The division's not getting any easier either. So no, and, and the I mean the thing with the Braves, they've made they made a ton of moves in the bullpen, yeah. and I love they probably have a top five bullpen now, but that could change. Guys can get hurt. We've already seen Cole Hamels hurt his shoulder. Yeah. So you know the rotation's taking a hit there. Um, Freddie Freeman was talking yesterday about how he takes two Advil before every game, <laughs> and now he's feeling great, and he said he got surgery on his elbow and he hasn't felt any pain at all and then yesterday it comes out that they sit him for the spring training game because he has elbow tightness mm. it's it's like it's amazing how spring training you can think of every every fan has a legitimate thought we could win the world series this year who knows but then one little thing happens on the, Except for in the maybe first the marlins week. Uh, you never know hey maybe the marlins make some moves um, the Marlins are not going to make the playoffs, <laughs> by the way. Um, if they do, I think that's full meltdown. Let's hope for you. spring's eternal, man. And everyone, it's it's such a nice part of the year, but it's so easy to get lost. You know, the Yankees now they lost uh, Severino, Severino, John, yeah. And it just came out Mike Stanton's going to miss the opening with a calf strain. So it's amazing how you can go from you know three days ago, oh, we could win the World Series, and then one guy gets hurt and you're yeah, going. We're dealing with that in Cleveland with uh, Cleffinger out. Like, okay, that's yeah. that's huge. Um, yeah, I did. I want to give you props, though, for one thing. Mark Hakis' comments oh, yeah, on the Astros dude. that they all deserve Need a beating. beating. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I, and they play, I think they play once, and it's the last series of the year in Atlanta. Um, I hope there, there's a fight. You saw that stat. Bro. So, like, we all, I just don't understand how the banner's still up. But that's, if, if, if you're going to say that it's player-driven, you offered immunity and you don't want to go against the players union and they all this stuff came up and the MLB kind of bungled their whole process from the beginning but what's done it's done okay but if this was college sports if this is the Olympics and all this stuff oh. kept coming out oh, that'd yeah. be the medals would be taken away and absolutely I, you saw issue, that stat though you saw that stat with Kershaw 51 off-speed pitches in game no five swing for misses none not one <laughs> I mean that's crazy what for a me day. Manfred bungled this 
Completely. But also, so did the players' union because they're the ones that agreed to have immunity for the players. Mm. So if I'm a player, I'm mad that the players' union did this because they don't represent how 99% of the players feel. Every every player has said, this is not right. This is not yeah. the right punishment. Well, got, immunity is wrong. You got Bellinger calling out El Tuve. They're represented by Boris, I think, both of them. Yeah. That's you never see that in sports. Player represent, ripping another player that has the same agent. Never. This is and and it shows you that it's a real issue. And I think I, the, I, they might be too gone at this point, but they need to go back and revisit this because it's not right. Mm-hmm. And they cheated, and something needs to be done about it. Maybe take away the take away the championship. Mm-hmm. Hinch mm-hmm. never allowed to manage another baseball team, ever. I'm actually more on the side of just take away their accomplishments. Like I'll. Uh, in general, I like second chances and punishment and serving it. But take just take away the title. You didn't win it. No, I want to no see MVP. it all burn. I want to see <laughs> all of it, it burn. burn. I think you suspend every player that you have evidence they did it. You suspend them for half the year. That organization. Because what you're telling yeah. to me right now is that uh, steroids are, wor- are performance-enhancing drugs or taking cocaine during the season is worse than cheating. And it's the same thing to me. You get caught one time with steroids, you're out for 80 games. You get caught cheating the system and using video replays and using buzzers on your arm, and you get nothing? Every single one of them would do it again if they knew this was the deal. You get a World Series out of it? People will always do as much as they can to win. And who's to say other teams aren't out there doing it? You know, that's the whole point is that now those teams see, oh, well, you know, we get suspended, you know, manager has to go, and you take, what, $5 million? What is a $5 million punishment to an organization that's making billions to a sport that's making billions, mm-hmm. the the punishment does not fit the crime the opposite way. You know, you you do the you do the crime, you do the time. Did I don't you know if you heard that, that one before. I think you just came up just with off that, the top yeah. of the head, I'm I'm upset about it because I, I'm I'm in the Marquegas camp where if I'm if I'm in the MLB and I'm a pitcher, I'm throwing at those guys. Well, now they're gonna get now it's gonna be probably twice as much. Everybody that throws a national, so not only did they not punish them, but now they're gonna protect them even more. Oh, they're, the people that throw at the players are gonna get. What about, what about throwing inside? Like, how yeah, are we going to regulate yeah, that? For sure. Ones do get well, away. Well, how do you regulate a guy slide into second cleats up? That's what know? I was saying. Exactly what I was saying. Or if this was another sport, I was going to say if this was hockey, then you have a uh, bench is clear and someone just lights up Altuve behind yeah. the play. Uh, I have no problem with that. Dude, None at all. Dude. Exactly. And that that organization, the other part you missed is that they're, they've been so arrogant for so long. We did it this way. We're, we're trendsetters. Bregman. Verlander has something to say about everything. Yep. You know, he said if you take performance-enhancing drugs once, you get banned. Kind of quiet on this one. They've had other incidents. It started actually against the Indians in that playoff game when they had a credentialed guy just wandering around the dugout. Yeah, well, I almost think that these apologies we've been seeing the last couple of weeks are worse than the original crime. Like Bregman going up there. They brought it like a, like a oh. hostage situation. And how about uh, um, Korea? Korea. Korea. Um, he must not know what the, the facts are. Uh, well, game three, we do this. Game three, guy on first and second, uh, off-speed pitch, they change the thing, no no cheating. And it's like, well, how did those guys get on base in the first place, bro? Yeah, well, it is a good point because I know you were going to go with the tank top, but you had that tattoo being done. So <laughs> Ridiculous, dude. No, don't take off my shirt. My wife doesn't want to see it. Okay, buddy. Just hit the sure, Jose. Run, just hit the biggest home run of your life. No, sure, yeah. buddy. I love uh, what Bellinger said about that. Like, you take off my pants, my shirt, anything. It is kind of good to have a villain, though, right? To really all be united and hating a team. Well, it's nice to have a villain other than the Yankees. 
Yeah. You know, like I'm so Who sick of thought? hating on the Yankees. Who would have thought that we would hate a team collectively, I say as baseball fans, more than the Yankees and or Red Sox? Yeah, it's amazing, man. Crazy. Well, I mean, that Angels home opener against the Astros oh, is going to be nuts. Uh, but it is kind of cool. The other th- side of this I just want to mention before we wrap things up with some football talk is that, you know, the Dodgers did get Mookie Betts this offseason. It's kind of still yeah. settling in. They're going to be good. But the question is, like, you know, the pressure is also going to be mounted up as well. And baseball is a unique sport where talent doesn't equal championships. Right Just off ask the, bat. the Yankees for the last 10 years. I mean, it's it'll be interesting because, you know, the Dodgers have probably one of the best offenses in the league. I don't know if they have the pitching. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Kenley Jansen's up there. Kershaw's mm-hmm. up there. These guys, pitching wins championships, unless you're the Braves <laughs> of the 90s. You know, <laughs> oh, I see. You went the other way with that. Yeah, yeah. Pitching wins championships unless it doesn't. And yeah, unless offense, unless it doesn't happen. The offense is so bad in key moments. Yeah, where it but I mean, happen. I think that you need. They're they're going to be a hard out in September for sure. For sure, September and October, like it, they'll be tough to get out. But you know, you're going to rely on Kershaw again, who doesn't have a great track record in the playoffs. To go out there and pitch, stuff. I mean, it's hard. So I mean, the Dodgers are going to win the West because there's nobody out there. It's not going to be the D-backs. not no. going to be the Giants. What, can they beat the Nationals or the Braves or the Phillies, whoever gets out of the East? Who knows? I think the East is the toughest division this year as it was last year. Yeah, Central's pretty down in the NL, and I think it'll – I mean, I, I would be shocked if they didn't at least make the uh, NLCS. But, yeah, that, that second series is going to be the one. I, I think at. the Dodgers still win the West by, like, 10, 11 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's just nobody sure. – and I'd be pleasantly surprised if they don't, but I just don't see anybody else showing up. The Red Sox crying wolf on how we can't <laughs> pay is just comedy too. Oh. Uh, and you know that's just that's just where we are. Mookie Betts is great, by the way. I mean that guy's fun in to watch. Prime. And mean, it th- sucks that he's on the Dodgers because uh, it's yeah. nice to not have that guy in the same division or same league, you mm-hmm. know, same conference. Yeah. But now, well, we'll see where Lindor goes. I'm just counting down the days till it was him. So. Uh, it's sad. All right, Ian Dunn, Money Mitch effect. Last couple notes here. Football. Off-season crazy. LASIK eye surgery. <laughs> 20 mil per eye, dude. 20 mil per eye. Is it 30-30 vision? What are we looking at? <laughs> well, there's been some interesting talk by the Buccaneers. I'm a big Bucks fan, if you guys a- don't Arians, know. A- a- Bruce Arias is, is... He's playing it the right what? way, yeah, man. Yeah, this is like a good poker hand. Oh, I don't know what time, he's got. <laughs> he, well, he was saying yesterday at the Combine that they got to interview him. You know, we don't know who we're going to take. We could, we're, they don't seem like a team that's going to franchise... Jameis, you know, 31, 32 mil. I've heard that they offered him a two-year deal, and there hasn't been a lot of movement mm-hmm. there. Uh, who knows if that's true? My sources are your sources, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Arian said something interesting where they haven't made a decision yet because they don't know who's available. And that's a big thing with the NFL is the tampering rules. You know, they, a lot of this stuff has to be done after the combine. So you, you don't know what football players are going to be out there. You don't know what QBs are actually going to be on the market. So, you, you know, who knows? It, it, once you have more information on the Rivers, the Cam Newtons, Brady, all these guys, the Bradys, you, you can't sign Jameis to no. any kind of deal until you know what else is out there. Is there and anybody out there that you'd say, I mean, I know we're just speculating, but if someone was available and interested in Tampa based on the current crop, and we're not again. We're not talking draft. Is there any right. name out there that you'd be like, okay, I could see this over Jameis? I know the one. It isn't Cam, but <laughs> it's not Cam. It's not Brady. It's not Rivers. Tannehill. It's not Tannehill. Okay. I see, I've seen Tannehill play in Florida, and it's not pretty. Okay, 
For me, it's Jameis or bust. I don't think anybody out there has the upside of Jameis or the or the downside. Honestly, his ceiling is higher. His, his floor, floor is, is a lot lower. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big room. But for me, just as a fan, I I praised when they when they drafted Jameis. So I feel an obligation to cheer for him and to root for him. Two years of smart play. If I understand why Jameis wouldn't want that, if you're going to go to five, I mean that's where it's like. No, well, I, I think what's what's the downside of franchise tagging him? You can you can franchise yeah. him and defensive end Shaq Barrett. You can franchise those two guys. That's it's all just, you need to do. It's just crazy that the way QB salaries have gone up so much. It's almost pricing out a lot of franchise tags. Remember when that used to be twenty million? No, oh, it's yeah, in the 30s? It'll, be, it'll be fifty in no it time. Will. But uh, I, I think you know, just as a Buccaneers fan, I like what Arians is doing. You know, he's saying we're going to play the field, see what happens. But Jameis showed a lot of improvement last year. I mean, he threw thirty picks, but he also had one of the worst offensive lines and yeah. least amount of time to throw in the mm-hmm. NFL last year. Yeah, and I, I watched just about every game. The guy was making some money throws. And again, if you have the least amount of time to release the ball in the pocket you're going to throw some interceptions. Yeah. And a lot of those interceptions that were thrown, at least 15, 16, 18 of those were receivers running the wrong route mm-hmm. or a tip or randomly hitting a guy in the helmet or a defender coming in and slapping the ball as you let it go. So, I mean, it's not like he threw 30 picks where he was trying to throw at somebody and he missed it. A lot of those are flukes. Yeah. But 30 touchdowns aren't 30 flukes. No. You know, and he threw for, what, 5,000 yards? <laughs> Like, come on. 30, you don't do that by 000. accident, man. He's got the arm. I think part I'm of it. I'm a Jameis apologist, and I will not apologize for that. Part of it is the part of it is the mental side and the vision now. And we'll see if he blames the surgery yeah, hey, if it like doesn't said, go well. The, the LASIK surgery, man. Who knows? Maybe he'll be like a cyborg out there just hitting everybody. And, you know, the offense is coming back. Evans will be there. Godwin will be there. O.J. Howard, the juice, he'll be there. He's Ronald Jones, another year under his belt. And maybe they go out and get, like, an actual offensive line instead of a bunch of schmucks they've had. It'd be nice. Ugh. Well, the NFL is going to have some QB, Wild Wild West movement, and uh, the draft is going to be interested with some QBs coming into the league. Where does so. Brady sign? I don't think he leaves. No, he's going back. He's to going England. back. 100%. I think he stays. I think Cam and Carolina are done. Yeah, Matt Rule came out yesterday and said, we really want him on the team. Well, that doesn't is that why you much. got the temple thing on? Is it real, or is it because oh, the XFL? Your boy uh, in PJ the XFL? baby, PJ Walker. He was there when I was there. He's the yeah. man. I love Matt Rule. I mean, yeah. the guy turned the the whole. You said he lied to your face, and you still love him. Yeah, he did. He sat there and said, "I'm here for the long haul." Like said it right into my face, talking only to me. And then the next year, he was gone, and I still respect the heck out of him, man. He's that guy's a born leader. Born leader. He is. Well, I'm excited, not just for. The combine, but the draft itself. I don't really get into the yeah. combine necessarily. The underwear Olympics kind of loses me in a lot yeah. of ways, but oh, man. Or do you think Burrow's going to, to Burrow the Bengals? Bengals and I, my inside take is that the team's going to have to trade up to the three pick for Tua. Yeah, I'm not, sold on, really I'm not sold on Tua, to be honest with you. I am. It's the health thing for me. I, I think Tua has more upside than Burrow at the next level. Burrow really? is, the, is the, I mean, the reads he makes, he, he just has the QB position at least in college master it might be the arm strength and and oh but he's got small hands oh yeah that whole thing again uh but two i i do i wouldn't shock me if the lions i mean with stafford are they gonna are they gonna stay there well where does rivers go is the real question for me because if Rivers signs somewhere that needs a qb all of a sudden you've got a bunch of other guys open up oh boy (sighs) yeah i i mean i feel bad for burrow if he goes to cincinnati 
That team is brutal. The team is brutal. The management's all over the place. Oh. But Marvin gonna, Lewis going to come back? I think he's at Arizona State right oh, now. Oh, okay. That's not going to stop him from going no, back. No, he'll, he'll come in on the weekends <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, Ian Dunn, this is fun. Thanks for having me, Mitch. Yeah, for sure. We'll be talking more. It'll be maybe not as much of a uh, as a as a break until your next time. We'll <laughs> no, see. No, we'll make it quick. We'll see how this Jameis contract goes, <laughs> and we'll go. But thanks again oh, for coming on today's show. Reminder: you can catch every episode of the Money Mitch Effect on SoundCloud, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are. I'm Mitch Michaels, free and done. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for listening. Keep enjoying sports.